Welcome to Wind Down with Kev, a weekly podcast with Kevin Spann, the insurance guru. Each week, listen to Kevin discuss current hot topics with community leaders, business owners, and more. Welcome, 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 welcome to season two, another episode of Wind Down with Kevin Spann. I am your host, Kevin Spann, Kevin Spann, the insurance guru, Kevin Spann, the Allstate insurance agent straight out of Middle Village, Kevin Spann coming to you live from my hometown, Windanch, New York, 1178, the voice of Windanch, Nisi's husband, father to Kevin, Nico, and Trey, pop pop to Jade and Mason, and I'm so excited for today's show. I'm here with my good friend and entrepreneur extraordinaire, Mr. Keith Banks. Keith Banks, my brother. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. It's so glad. It's so good to see you. So good to be here uh, doing this show with you. Uh, We have established six feet, I believe. Reach toward me, Keith. All right. We're good. We're going to remove our masks. All right. We're safe. Um, Especially in your place of business, you have a very safe COVID compliant business. I want to be mindful and respectful of that. Um, But Keith, uh, introduce yourself to the people. Good afternoon, actually. It's a nice Sunday afternoon here in Windanch. Name is Keith Banks, owner and entrepreneur, Associate Barbara Pauly here in Windanch. All right, Keith, I'm going to give you another chance because you're so much more than that. I'm going to pour a drink here. Is it okay? Absolutely. Uh, You have a nice bottle here. We have some, help me with the pronunciation. We have some Ray Marana. Ray Marana. Straight out of the Trinidad Vineyard. Mm -hmm, All right. This is a red. Okay. I'm going to remove the cork first. Let's see if we have a screw. Oh, boy. You got me live on tape, and I broke the corkscrew. That's okay. That's a good job. That's going to remain a prop because I'm not going to try to adjust that mid-show unless Keith can bail me out. But, Keith, I have to give you another chance to introduce yourself because you are um, an entrepreneur in many things. But more importantly, I need you to tell the people about you being a girl dad, please. Oh, my goodness. That's another part of the beauty is being a father of a young daughter who's now in college. This is her first year out of state in Pennsylvania, okay? And you know, the big thing for me as a dad, you know, I have a son naturally, you know, that's our little princesses. If you have a daughter, you know, that's the most important part to your heart is to have another little princess there for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so you know, beautiful girl, very talented, going to school for psychology, okay? And, uh, you know, there's a lot more to the story, but, you know, just a true blessing in my heart for the most part. That, that, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, I'm going to stay with you, Princess, because um, you told me some wonderful things. I think I was here Thanksgiving, and you told me how you traditionally always went to the Thanksgiving Day Parade with every your daughter. Year. Every year. And uh, this year, with everything happening, you weren't able to do it. But let, let's forget 2020. Tell me about some of the years that you were able to do it and some of the joy that brought your daughter being able to be at the New York City, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and seeing all those beautiful things. Exactly. That's one of our passions. You know, a father and daughter having those moments for the last, say, 17 years. Wow. Every single morning for 17 years. We're up at 4 o'clock in the morning making that trek into New York City. Uh, But, you know, the thing for us is really planning it, you know, every year in advance. So we love that portion. It's really just kind of connecting and having a conversation, you know, about our plans for going into New York City. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. That, that, that. That's an amazing thing. Uh, father and daughter planning to go into uh, New York City, taking 
everything in. I'm sure everyone that's watching this has seen the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade before and all the beauty that brings. Mm -hmm. uh, always a train ride, I'm sure, never the no, car. No, we actually drive in. You drove in. We, we drive in. You know, that's one of the things. So as we drive in, you know, we're looking at some of the scenery before we get into New York City, crossing the bridge or going over through the tunnel. Okay. So our focus is really being a part of it, not sitting on the train every single morning. Okay. So we drive in. We'll have breakfast afterwards. We'll drive around the city as we're actually breaking things down for the parade. So we enjoy that part, you know, where we can actually kind of get out and stretch out versus trying to run to the subway, you know, to get back on the train. So, so, so we're, yeah. we're talking real quality time. Absolutely. Definitely dad and daughter not dealing with any other fellow riders on the LIRR. Not at all. Not walking any traffic, getting out there parking, walking through the city. Your walk would begin, would you start? Uh, where does the parade start? Columbus Circle. Columbus Circle. Right okay. at Columbus Circle. So we'll park pretty close. We have a lot of friends at NYPD okay. that'll get us right up in the front. Okay. So we actually get, so we want to start at about 68th Street. Okay. And as we're going back down, okay, we're actually getting what I call it, uh, you know, escort service. Every barrier goes down as we're going through because of our friends in NYPD. So wow. that way we kind of go through all that traffic. So yeah, it's a blessing. Love Shout it. out to NYPD for escorting uh, my friend Keith Banks, being a super girl dad, taking it through. Um, one of the things I'm sure you agree with, being a Long Islander, visiting New York City, it's always wonderful. When you get out there, you mm -hmm. walk and talk. There's so much scenery that the natural conversation takes care of everything itself. Exactly, exactly. You know, when we're out there, diversity is a big thing, naturally, when you're going into the parades. And then you see so much activity, positivity, people connecting, creating their own memories. So being a part of their memories when they're taking photos, doing videos, and I go back and I look at some of the stuff that we posted, you capture so many different things that you never would really realize unless you're looking at the photo. So there's people there from Africa, from India, that are standing behind us and we're having conversation. So we're chopping it up for, for quite a bit with a lot of different people there during the day. There's, there's no substitute, there's no better education than traveling and taking in the diversity of New York City or mm -hmm. the diversity of any place you go in the world. It's really uh, priceless, and I'm sure that's translated to your daughter in the classroom. Exactly. And I understand she graduated this past year, and she, now she's in college, so congratulations to her, and kudos to you, too. Thank you. For uh, being a great, uh, uh, great girl dad and, and giving her that guidance and setting a standard so high that... Uh, Whoever pursues her, they're going to have to have quite a standard to live up to because daddy has taught her how she needs to be treated. Exactly. I mean, they got some big shoes to fill, but I'm a little guy with a size 9, but still, they're going to have <laughs> size 12 shoes. <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about your son. Okay, yes. My son is 31 this year. Okay. He's actually in the Bronx now. Okay. You know, he's looking to get into security. That's one of his focuses. Outstanding. But, uh, yeah, he's keeping himself busy, which is a good thing. That's that, that's a beautiful thing. It's yes. nothing like the joy of, of being a father. Uh, when I talk to people about fatherhood, if people see you being a father, me being a father, um, they would say that we're somewhat of a unicorn in our community because um, if you just read the paper and look at what's reported, they would say that we're not here. Right. But obviously you've been there, you've taken in the moments and uh, enjoyed the beauty of the experience of fatherhood. Let's come away from your, your fatherhood a little bit. Um, talk to me about where you grew up and how you grew up. Wow, that's interesting. Okay. So grew up in Westbury. Okay. Okay, went to Westbury High School, which is in Nassau County. Uh, graduated there in 1983. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I'm from another sector, too. Okay. I'm from a sector called 1980, but that's okay. okay Go good, ahead. Okay, good, good. So 1983, left there, went to Old Westbury. Okay, I was there at Old Westbury for about two years. Transferred out of there to Medgar Evers in Brooklyn. Nice. I got my bachelor's in business at Medgar Evers. So if you know Medgar Evers, it's an all-black college. Absolutely. It's been around historically for many years. Um, when I left there, I went straight into uh, to retail for quite a while, and I uh, managed a couple of blockbuster videos for a district manager. 
then Hollywood Video for a while after that, left there, went into Brookstone, which is one of the other high-end, you know, specialty stores like a Sharper Image, for lack of better words. Very familiar with Brookstone. Right. Very familiar. So I managed your location in New York City at Rockefeller Center for about four years, okay? Had enough retail and got into finance, went to Citibank afterwards. Okay. So I was in finance, or well, still in finance for the last 26 years now, going no total. That, that's yeah. a beautiful thing. Now, you took me through your resume and your education and your corporate career, but I remember some conversations that you and I had where probably your entrepreneurial spirit was, ah. was born, okay? And, I, and I'm talking about, I want you to speak about the young man that grew up uh, being an entrepreneur on the streets of New York City, selling various things. Oh, and boy. Learning how I told to you too much, I think. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as a kid growing up, probably 17, 18 years old, my brother and I would always figure out a way to make a little money on a side. Okay. Okay. My father's an entrepreneur as well. Uh, so we loved going into New York City. You know, our favorite spot was always Chinatown okay. on Canal Street. So we went down there one afternoon, just kind of walking around, looking at all these different people setting up tables, selling stuff. We got together and said, you know something, we can sell some stuff out of Dad's garage. So we went back to the house and you know, spoke with Dad. And we said, we want to start doing some flea market stuff, but we want to get some of the stuff that you got in your, you know, your closet or you know, in your toolbox or whatever. So long story short, we would load the car up with tools, shoes, old shoes, socks, shirts, T-shirts. And we would basically take it to New York City, set up a table on Canal Street, right there, Canal and Mott Street, and we would be selling for hours, okay? Middle of the winter, okay? We would be out there, you know, just kind of going back and forth, bartering with different people, selling hard things that get better things that they have to try to sell as well. So it was a lot of fun doing that. And that's, once again, your marketing, as you're actually out there on Canal Street, okay? And our day would finish maybe at 7 o'clock at night, we go down to, you know, to, um, I think it's Mott and Canal, another place where we get our little roast duck to take back home. It's a roast pork. So, yeah. So, it's, we love that. Uh, so, I, I followed the resume. I followed the time at Westbury. I followed the time at Mega Evers. But I would say that your real master's degree in dealing with people, there's nothing like being on Canal Street selling things directly yes. to people. Uh, we used the word diversity earlier. You're talking to people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And you're also around some of the best entrepreneurs in the world that's moving whatever products they have. And um, wow, amazing that your dad would encourage that dream to let you take what you have. Mm -hmm. um, that's very, you know, put your bucket down where you are and do what you can with what you have. Exactly. That, that's really deep within our roots. So I applaud that. Keith, one of the things you and I have in common, we're both the son of entrepreneurs. Okay, mm -hmm. so... Your dad, my understanding is, as we sit here, right here in Windange Village in the beautiful new apartments, if you can see the, the backdrop back here, that your family had a business right here. Exactly. Sure did. So back in 86, 87, they opened up actually a beauty supply store and a beauty salon, okay, which was right next door to each other. And then as time had gone on, as we were growing that, they were asking myself, my brother, what would you want to do as a small business? And back then, this was back in the 80s where, you know, music was huge. You know, I actually worked at Tower Records years ago for a while, you know, and I realized that that was one of the big and growing things. So I said, can we do a record store? Yes. He says, a record store? I said, yes, and there's no Tower Records out here. And at the time, there was a place called, um, it's a guy named Jimmy Ward. It was Paradise Records. Paradise Records, okay. absolutely, up on the block. Okay, remember that. And, you know, he was actually up there for quite a while, and we kind of went over and did some research, and we said, Dad, we want to do a record store. 
He says, okay, you know you're going to be competing with that guy down the street? I said, yeah, we want to do that. Yeah. So, long story short, open up One Stop Records. So we have One Stop Records right next to it, our beauty, you know, beauty supply store and beauty salon as well. So that was one of our biggest things back then. That's a, that's a beautiful thing, especially sound music. At that time in the 80s, where so much music was coming out, it's mm-hmm. the... Uh, Really, the not the beginning of hip hop. It's ten years into hip hop, right. and it's exploding. And people wanted that music. They wanted their mixtapes before you had CDs. So, mm-hmm. you were on the cutting edge of tapes, records, and, and CDs. CDs. How would how did that transition? How did that work? Did you guys have all of the above? Did I miss my dates? Well, what we had were basically the twelve inches first. Okay. okay? Because most of your DJs they had to have their twelve inches. So that was our biggest. But now cassettes started to come into the process, and then also CDs. So certain clients were strictly more with the vinyl, and yet those other clients were more the females that wanted to have the cassette, more the compatibility, carry things around. Uh, but as we started to see how things were changing, is that when you look at the music industry, you know, most of your artists were getting paid because you were pressing records. So now you're employing people in those factories pressing records. But now it went from records to cassettes, so the need wasn't as, you know, as demanding as it was, you know, when it came to the vinyl. So we started to see a transition. So the Tower Records and all the other major companies mm-hmm. recognizing that, hey, this is, you know, we're losing out. And then this thing called Napster came around, of course. Yes. And all of a sudden, you know, what happened to the, the vinyl? What happened to the CDs? No more. Exactly. No exactly. So you kind of learn as you go throughout that process that things will change and you have to embrace that change and be ready for it. So at that point, we recognized at a very early age that we needed to transition out of this business because now it's going all digital. Absolutely. So we were able to close the doors and not really lose much because uh, we weren't a Tower Records or anything along those lines here. So it was a blessing for us as well. Well, it's great. Um, I like the fact that you said you were able to transition out of the business as opposed to bunkering down and waiting for the doors to close on you. You saw it coming, you had an exit strategy, and you left. None of us know how long anything is going to last. Right now, we're at a major inflection point where we've shifted, where pretty much everything is digital. We live in a full digital universe. I remember Mm -hmm. thinking a lot about how did the record industry make that transition? You went from us being able to run into a Best Buy or a Tower Records, Last day before Christmas, you can always buy a couple of things for a gift. Right. Fast forward, I don't know, 15 years ago, it all stopped and everything. If you didn't download the music, you didn't have it. Mm-hmm. And my question and my concern was, there's thousands, millions of people out there, older people that didn't want to make that transition to downloading music, that just stopped buying records. I exactly. never understood how the industry can make a decision like that. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, when you look at how they were forced to make this decision, and, you know, a lot of consumers got to a certain point that they didn't want to go digital. Mm -hmm. They didn't think it was going to last. They didn't think the quality was going to be there. So it took a while for them to even kind of just come over to that other side to at least take that shot in the arm to see what was happening. But it was a cost for doing that, you know. And, you know, one of the big things a lot of clients would say to us was that, you know, you're losing jobs. We're putting people, you know, unemployed, you know, on the streets, you know, trying to figure out what to do next when they've been doing this for many, many years. So you think about vinyl, it goes back to the 1920s. Right. Okay. And now it's a lost industry. It's gone. It's, it, it's, it's, yeah. It's, how do you draw the parallel between what happened in the record industry at that time and what happened in the whole world with the pandemic where pretty much all businesses, including yours and mine, we both made, had to make the hard business decision that we want to do everything pretty much electronically mm-hmm. uh, without dealing with cash and things of that. How do you draw the parallel between those times? That's interesting. When you look back then, you know, it's, it's, it's again, being ready 
and understanding that you got to embrace this change, okay, and being very creative with it because you have to always prepare yourself as you do on insurance, as I do on banking, is that you know certain things are going to come to pass as time goes on. What are you doing prior to that to start preparing for it? Because you know nothing is forever. Absolutely. You know, and it's one of those things is that anything that's tangible, it could be gone today. You know, here today and going tomorrow. Absolutely. When you think about Toys R Us closing their doors, you would never in a million years think that would happen. No. So, again, what are you doing to prepare for that? Right. You know, so a lot of clients are starting to realize that, yes, technology is huge. Okay. Getting creative when it comes to that, you know, is going to be very important and paramount, but also networking and finding mentors and like-minded people to kind of help you talk around those different ideas and solutions to kind of move the needle in the right direction. I, I agree with that a thousand percent. You constantly have to have mentors and people to talk to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned uh, banking. Your title at the bank again is? Private banker. You're a private, private banker, and you're wonderful that Dad had the pleasure of visiting you at your workplace. Um, you're working as a private banker. And you have this incredible vision to open up this shop mm-hmm. that, we're, that we're in right now. So I would imagine there's going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast that are just like you, just like I was. Um, you want to start a business. You don't want to leave the, the day job because exactly. that's how we keep the lights on, how we take care of a business. Right. But you, you have this vision that's compelling you to move forward. What was that experience like for you personally? It was nerve-wracking in the beginning, okay? <laughs> I'm being honest. Because when, when they say your plate is full or your yes. cup runneth over, yes. you know, I was already thinking that was going to be the process. You know, I, I have to kind of go through that. Uh, so, once again, a lot of research, a lot of questioning, a lot of mentorships, you know, a lot of networking with different people, you know, CPAs and attorneys. You know, and again, you know, doing your research, you know, knowing the community, knowing the possibilities, okay, doing your demographic research. So, there's a lot of work to kind of get to that level where you get comfortable and your business plan is key you know <clears throat> so yeah <laughs> you you dropped a lot of jewels in there and you said a lot of things that I say to a lot of people all the time so i'm going to try to dissect this and really spend time at it so correct me if i'm wrong sir shave grand opening 2018 exactly okay how long did you carry this vision in your mind before it executed Talk to the people about when was it clear to you what you wanted to do and how long it took from clarity of your vision until execution. Seven years. Whoa. Seven years. Seven years. Seven years. Seven years. That's seven years carrying a baby, for lack of a better description, before it was born. Exactly. What was the vision that you had? Quality. 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 You know, it's my, my thought behind Anything is always about quality and how it's going to attract the client and client satisfaction is that, you know, and I said to people before, but I could have opened up any kind of a shop, put up four walls, painted white and called it a barbershop. Right. Um, But that wasn't going to do anything for the community. Right. Okay. So my focus is really thinking this whole thing through. Once again, demographics, doing research, you know, doing studies. And a lot of that's in our business plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when you're doing a business plan and you're going to a lender like an SBA, they want to see that you did your research. Not that she had a great idea or you had a vision. You know, the vision has some meat and ingredients behind it. So it took me seven years to really get comfortable tweaking it here, redoing the plan, redoing the strategy, getting more advice. So, yeah, what's a... It was a nerve-wracking experience, no question about that. So seven years, so for everybody that got excited in 2020, that formed LLCs, that took advantage of triple Ps, this is not uh, an overnight thing. This is a lot of work, it's a lot of planning, and have a lot of advice seeking. Keith, you'll be able to relate to this. I have people that call me and say, Kevin, um, I'm going to open a business in the next month or two, and I just needed some prices for insurance. 
I'll say, okay. So I'm gonna ask you a few questions that have nothing to do with insurance. Mm -hmm. First question, how will your business be structured? What do you mean? Have you talked to an accountant? Have you talked to an attorney? No, no. So I said, please do those two things first mm -hmm. because they have major implications. Yes. Talk about the value of consulting with CPAs and attorneys before you get started. It's critical. It's ultra uber critical to do that. You're going to get a set of you know ideas and recommendations from your CPA and also from your attorney. These are you know subject matter experts. Yes. No question, hands down. If you don't have a CPA that understands the business that you're getting in, look, you get any CPAs all day long, mm -hmm. but they have to be dedicated to that industry. So it could be medical, it could be retail, it could be manufacturing. Every CPA is dedicated to that particular workspace. Same thing with your attorneys. If you don't do this, you're setting yourself up for failure. Okay. So you you dropped a lot of jewels there, and I want to uh, simplify it for my audience. You said it well, but I want to reinforce it. Industry-specific CPA that knows the field that you're in. Right. Certified public accountant, not the person that does your taxes. Two very different things. Also, attorneys, very specialized in business. The person that you would call, God forbid, if you had to go to court, mm. is not necessarily the same person that you would call to help you with your business. Attorneys are very, very specialized. And if you get those two things right, a lot of other things that you'll do will be much easier. Exactly. Absolutely. It, it gets significantly easier. So you're carrying a vision from 2011. You get here in 2018, and voila, you have... Um, the most unique experience here at Sir Shave that I've ever experienced as a grown man going to the barbershop. Mm. I don't want to call it a barbershop because I don't think of it as a barbershop. It's one of the things I get done here. Uh, as, I'm, as you know, I'm here every week. Yes, so I am biased. Um, I get my hair cut here. I get my shave done here. Um, I've gotten masks here. Uh, every, pretty much every service that you offer, I've experienced here. Um, and it's very different than going to the neighborhood barbershop. Talk to me just about the ambiance of Cerche from your standpoint as the visionary and the entrepreneur, the ambiance that you've set here. The ambiance here really is about, once again, an experience, but it's also about the New York City love that I have. You know, being in the village, going to the Village Vanguard, the Blue Note. So it's a little bit of the Harlem, you know, that kind of jazz feel that we're looking for. But again, kind of giving you that throwback, you know, back to the 1940s, 1920s. So, you know, we want clients to come in and see something that is just not normal for the community that you would only find in New York City. And this is, and this is not, this absolutely feels like New York City. Um, I know my audience is uh, throughout Long Island, throughout the five boroughs, throughout Westchester County and beyond. Um, if you take the train from any of those points and get off in Wyandanche and you come into the shop, Gentlemen, and soon to be ladies as well, you'll have an experience that you've never, ever had before. Um, I like the fact that you referenced it to the Harlem Renaissance, if you will, 1920s, mm -hmm. right. 1930s, 1940s Harlem, because that's what it, that's what it feels like. Um, what's interesting to me is you had your record store in the 80s, but when you come in here, There'll be no 80s or 90s hip-hop. It is straight, relaxing jazz. So let's talk about your love of jazz. It's insane. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, that, the, the jazz let, let, thing. Let, me feel, let the people yes. feel the passion for the jazz. You know, it's, it's one of those things when you think about jazz and what it does to the spirit. 
okay, to the body. You know, it just kind of puts you in that relaxed mode. And you think about the different jazz artists that have been out there. Why should we not resurrect them? You know, if it's Miles Davis or, you know, Nat King Cole, is that, you know, we appreciate those things. And the clients that come in here, they appreciate that as well because it takes them back to a certain place when they were young as well with their parents. So the jazz is, you know, it's key for us. You know, we'll mix it up with a little R&B, but mostly it's going to be jazz for clients to relax and enjoy the experience, you know, not too much on the vocals. So our thing right now is, you know, really kind of taking people back to that place once again when it comes to that whole Harlem Renaissance with the jazz. And, and, and with the jazz, the thought behind the jazz that would help people relax? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, yes. Clear their head of all the clutter yeah, in the decom- world? decompress. Yes. You know, post-pandemic, you know, people are looking for something that's, you know, more, you know, inviting when they're going to a location to relax and feel that, you know, sense of comfort. You know, that's important. So, so Keith, my whole impetus for starting Wind Down with Kev was trying to learn how to relax and wind down myself and asking people how they wind down. So how do you wind down from work, from running a business, from being a dad and all that you have, go- from being involved in the community, you've spoken at the schools, you, you always have some sort of outreach going here. How do you wind down? For me, I'll go back to the city on the weekends. Okay. Go to a nice little jazz spot somewhere. And if I'm not doing that because of, you know, COVID-19, I can actually log on to certain sites and still go live with some of the different jazz places, you know, and actually listen to live jazz at home if I need to. Okay. So for me, I need to kind of still get away from all this here. Can't go into the city, but find some way, once again, using technology to still be a part of that. So, yeah. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. So you you fed that. I'm going to stay with the jazz theme for a minute. For a minute. Okay. Top three artists. <laughs> Let me see. Definitely Miles Davis, Charlie Parker, and John Coltrane. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. One, two, three. That's it. You didn't. You didn't have to reach. <laughs> give any extra thought to that at all. Not at all. It's my any favorite. Thought, yeah. Any thought to that at all? They're all wonderful artists. I am very far from a jazz aficionado. Um, the one thing I can speak to about Coltrane is that Coltrane actually lived in this area for a season right That's here right. in uh, Dix Hills and. Legend has it that wine dance jazz musician Mr. Benjamin Riley actually bought John Coltrane as one of the face, first major artists that performed at Wine Dance Day in the park. He took Wine Dance Day from being just a community gathering to a place where major celebrities could come and perform. So fast forward to what was being done by the Wine Dance Day Committee a few years ago on the 50th anniversary celebrating some of our local artists. It begins with Mr. Benjamin Riley bringing in John Coltrane and um, I may be out of school, um, so Riley Children, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that Mr. Riley uh, played for both Coltrane and for Miles Davis on his um, on his album. But that's about the extent of my jazz awesome. knowledge. That's awesome news. I know, I know very, very little about jazz. I enjoy it. The beauty is it's kind of all uh, new to me. Um, my wife and I have had the pleasure of going to Dizzy's, Dizzy's in the city a few okay. times the last few years, so that's a great place. But talk to the people about maybe one or two jazz places they can check out that they haven't been to before. Definitely the Blue Note. Okay. Okay. And then I was going to say Dizzy's Club. Okay. But then you have BB King's as well. Okay. okay. So that, that's the three. That's the three. That's somebody's visiting New York City. Those are the three places that they have to go to. Absolutely. Okay. That's to take in jazz. Sadly, Keith, this is how bad I am at knowing my jazz. Uh-oh. I had friend, shout out to Deborah and Howard Estes, that came in from Texas, and they wanted to see some live jazz, and they asked me uh, and my wife, 
where do we know that we can go? I said, nowhere, but if you Google something, we'll join you. <laughs> so that's how we got introduced to Dizzy's. It's a great experience. We've gone back with other couples and other friends and had a great time there. But I have no jazz reference point other than what I've shared. Some of my friends grew up in a jazz band, but I'm from a different sector where being of an age when hip-hop first started, that musically that's always been my first love. Music is always hip-hop, but the beauty is I'm being introduced to jazz now. I enjoy it, and certainly when I come to your shop, I enjoy the experience because once I walk in here, um, I go through your very COVID-compliant processes. I fill out my questionnaire in advance. I get my temperature tech. Yes. I get my Purex on my hands, and the jazz is playing, and I sit back in the chairs, and all of your barbers have taken amazing care of me when I've been here. Mm. And I love that I get to get down to zero without my phone in my hand, without a thought or a distraction in the world. That's important. That's important for us. You know, our clients, when they look for us through Google, um, is they're looking at those reviews to see what's being said. And one of the biggest things for us is our COVID compliance. And clients have come in here and said, that's the only reason we're here, because we, our shops that we've gone to before in the past don't have those regulations in place, and their safety is important to them. So that's key for us. It's everything, Keith. I can't tell you how many people, including my staff, I've told about your business. I've done some modeling after you, and I continue to adjust my COVID compliance practices. And what I say to people is, you as my barber, if I make an appointment here, you email me a questionnaire to make sure I'm compliant. When I get here, I get my temperature checked. I get my hands uh, sprayed with Purell to make sure it's a good, a good experience. And I've implemented the same thing. I've kind of mirrored a lot of things after you. And when my clients come and they question, so my barber's doing the same thing. My dentist is doing the same thing. Um, and we're doing it for the safety of our staff and for the safety of your experience here mm -hmm. as well. And fortunately, most people have come to really enjoy the experience to see that it is uh, safe. So you're doing a good job, not only for yourself, but you're leading others. And uh, many people, including myself, we're watching you. We're, we're applauding you. Thank you. That's good to know. Now, Keith, I'm a bridge to you. I'm going to um, say, Keith, I talked a little bit earlier about my experience here. Talk a little bit about some things that people can experience here beyond a cut and a shave and a facial. Let's talk about all the services oh, okay. that you have to offer. Okay. I think that'll be a good bridge into, you know, the visual around the shop from the haberdasher, is that the right yep. word? Mm -hmm. Yep, that's it. Taylor, come on, Dre. It's haberdashery. Haberdashery. Mm -hmm. Haberdashery. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> right. yeah, you would know that. You always dress pretty <laughs> no, good. No, 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 no. You always got to, you always got to, but you have to have the right words. Words matter. So the funny thing, so when you say haberdashery, one of our signature beer products on the shelf is called haberdashery. Nice. You got beer? Beard. 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 Oh, With a D. Beard. beard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, beer <laughs> <laughs> So we have the beard product, which is haberdashery. Then we have our wine dance wood beer product as well. So we actually named one after wine dance. Nice. It's, on, it's on the shelf. It's one of our signature lines. Uh, so Keith, talk specifically about those products because mm -hmm. when Dre does the beer, the B roll, which is just pictures mm -hmm. that he's going to inject when he edits the podcast, you want to show that, you know, and we'll point out the wine dance. Gotcha. Okay. That's just another reason to come. We've been recording the whole time. Oh, okay, Dre, count me down. <laughs> okay. Okay. Give me a five, four, three, two, one. Okay, and we're back. We took a pause for the cause. We had to get the cork out of the bottle off screen, so we got that done. We're going to have a little bit of a taste, and then we'll pick up where we left off, okay? Not a licensed barber. I'm not sure what levels we're supposed to be at, but... Six ounces. That's six? Where are we at? About three right about there? Three, yeah. yeah, give or take. Okay, give or take. I think we're good. 
Okay. Cheers. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, speaking of cheers, I definitely have to give cheers to you for this business and everything you've done. I talked about my personal experience, but why don't you walk our listeners and our watchers through some of the other things they can experience when they come here? Oh, perfect. You would love to do that. You know, so as you know, it's a barber parlor. Yes. And we, we don't call it a barber shop. You know, it's more of a ladies and gents experience. So we have something for the ladies, okay? So we have one of our braiders. You no, know, she's a licensed cosmetologist and a barber as well. So she does full braids, locks. She does dreadlocks, you know, extensions as well. Then we now go down to our massage services. We have two licensed medical massage therapists, okay, you know, here in, you know, in our location, um, by appointments only, but they do the reflexology, sports massage, deep tissue massage, Swedish massage. So it's a full service when it comes to that space back there, as, as well as facials. Missed that portion there, they do facials also. Uh, then we look at the barbers again. Outside of just directly haircuts, we're doing hot towel shades. We're doing gold masks. We're doing black masks. We're doing, you know, the pores as far as deepening the pores. We do razor bump extractions. We do, you know, ingrown hair extractions. So there's a lot that they do outside of just your normal barbering. The clients are looking for that. Yeah. It's a... Uh I enjoy it. You said the hot towel shave, and if I hadn't been there, I would think of the normal razor shave with the hot towel on. But your hot towel shave is more than that. It also comes with the steam machine mm-hmm. that's right there that's really opening the pores and really... Uh, exactly. It's a different high-level, high-tech, very personal experience. Yes. And Keith, if I'm correct, all of your barbers are master barbers. All licensed master barbers in New York State, every single one. Yes. Outstanding. Yes. And when you talk about the steam, you know, what we look at as well is that that experience is something that we want to have the clients come in day in, day in, day in and day out to kind of just talk about because, again, our name is Serge Shave, so that's our signature service is the actual shave itself. So the steam, the hot towel, the hot lather. So once again, it's a full experience, not just a razor going across the face and walking out the door, for lack of better words. And it is an experience. It's not a rush. The only thing I can compare it to is going to a nice restaurant. It's not fast food. You're not coming yes. here to be a clip real quick. Uh, everyone's watching Coming to America. It's not click, click, $8, thank you. No, it's an experience. You get to sit in the chair, you get to relax, and um, you get to be present, and then you also get to relax and kind of disappear for a little while. In addition to the Master Barbers, all the services, uh, you also have some hair washing, and you mentioned locking. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son, he came in, and you guys took him from the beginning from his initial locking until where he is uh, today. God knows where we're in. Exactly. Uh, That's true. <laughs> you guys took him from the beginning. But you have a number of wonderful products here, and this is also somewhat of a haberdashery. Yes, Sure is. So funny you mentioned the word haberdashery. One of our products is actually called haberdashery. Wow. That's our beer product. It's a beer shampoo. It's the actual lotion as well. So that entire line of our, of our signature line is called haberdashery. So that's one of our focuses is, you know, once again, giving more retail to clients, but quality products with natural ingredients. Uh, then our the second most popular one, actually, I'm going to say it's probably our first most popular one, was what we call wine dance wood. Wine okay. dance wood? Wine What's wine dance wood? Talk to me about that. Well, that one has a more of a citrus, woodsy, tea kind of aroma to it. It. So it's got a lot of different ingredients to it. But again, we felt based on the ingredients, it really signifies what Wine Dance is about. And it's one of our signature line products, which again, beard oils, beard shampoos, and so forth and so on. Uh, so again, it's about community. Okay. So Wine Dance, y'all here at Warriors for Life. Y'all come on down here. We talked about support outside of the community. I promise you this. If you have people in your life with birthdays coming up, anniversaries coming up, 
uh, that gift that you want to buy for somebody that you can't get a gift for, give them a gift certificate here and let them go online and choose the services that they want. They will not stop thanking you. It'll last a lot longer than a tie or the sweater or uh, the colorful socks that you might have <laughs> in mind. We've talked about the haberdashery. We've talked about some of the beard products. Mm -hmm. I know you have the lotions. We haven't talked about something that my dad used to bring up all the time, mm. which was um, my dad was an entrepreneur, as your dad was, has had an office cleaning business, Rust his Soul. Okay. My brother still has it to this day, 58 years later, Robert Arthur Span, Robert A. Spanish Sons office cleaning business. Wow. But he always talked about the value of a shoe shine station that there wasn't one in Wine Inch. You have one. We have two. You have two. Get the rec set the record <laughs> we have straight. Two, we have two stations, you know, and that's one of the other things about, you know, giving jobs to the kids during the summer. So we actually teach kids how to do shoe shines, okay? And a lot of our clients are taking the train or coming in here wanting to be a part of that experience. Because when you think back into the 1940s and you go to Manhattan, kids are out there at 12, 13 years old doing their old-fashioned shoe shine. So, so Keith, you're saying that you and I are going to partner or something. I'm getting ready to um, I have this vision that's growing in me about teaching kids how to make a dollar. Mm -hmm. When I do it, and I'm not gonna teach kids how to be a millionaire, how to be a hundred thousand, and how to make six figures, I wanna start again with a dollar because yes. I grew up working on straight path like you did. I've carried Clorox bottles for a nickel. I've carried groceries to a car right in this parking lot. I swept at James Barbershop. I knew very early before age 13, how to make a dollar. Wow. And I've added to it since then. And I think with the world starting all over, some people call this year 2021. I call it year one. This is the beginning mm -hmm. of a whole new thing. I think we need to teach the next generation how to make a dollar. So when I do that, I would love to have you speak to kids about shoe shine because now is it only shoe shines or will they clean sneakers as well? Right now, shoe shines for sure. Okay, we will, we'll get to the sneakers eventually. Okay, yeah, no definitely. problem at all. People love their uh, there are a lot of sneakerheads out there that, that that love it. <laughs> okay, so we've gone through that service, and coming around the shop, my eyes bring me to your tailoring station. That's something I haven't experienced yet. Talk to me about that. Well, we have two tailors on site. Uh, one is more on the Italian side of the tailoring. The other one is more on the Asian side. Okay, so clients can walk in here, basically make an appointment, and actually meet the tailor on site. You know, that's making shirts, ties, suits, blazers, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. And even for ladies, we're actually doing blouses and slacks for ladies as well. So they can actually come in here and once again get that full service. And the products, I mean, the quality of these actual suits and, you know, tailoring is just top-notch when it comes to it. You know, these guys have been around for many, many years. And the actual tailor himself is 87 years old. Oh, okay. my God. So you're getting quality, someone that actually knows the industry very well. Knows the material, gives you choices? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So you've already sold me on what uh, my next appointment is and what I'm going to do here next. Uh, Keith, I've talked a lot about what my experience has been here. You as the visionary, as the entrepreneur, carrying this vision for seven years, mm -hmm. executing on it since 2018. What has the experience been like for you? Is it working exactly as you visualize it? I mean, so far it's been working very well. You know, we'll do a little tweak here, a little tweak there for the most part. But, you know, as you're running any kind of business, you know, you're looking for change, okay? And you have to kind of just grow with that change. So where we are today for the last three years that we've been here, things have gotten, you know, definitely after the pandemic or during the pandemic, a little challenging. But we were prepared. You know, we already had certain things put in place to make sure that we could actually overcome that as time went on. So the vision right now has been, you know, once again, it's been a blessing. You know, we love it. The staff loves it. 
they see that we're always thinking being ahead of the, the curve as they say and you know if it's not if it's marketing if it's on social media if it's you know passing out brochures sending out newsletters reading the pavement you know talking to clients outside so you know we and myself have always thought about you know what's going to be the next best thing when it comes to just not just barbing but just you know a brick and mortar and actually being in a service business you know so we're doing a lot of different things a lot to come this year you're going to see a lot of wonderful stuff coming out the woodwork so prepare yourself for that uh, but we're always thinking and we have zoom meetings every you know every quarter we have a different zoom meeting That's with good. the entire team so we're always you know once you know collaborating getting creative with different ideas so 2021 post pandemic a lot of fun stuff's going to be happening so can't, can't wait. I'm excited for you. Uh, last two, last question will be a compound question. What's next for Keith Banks and what's next for Sir Shane? It's funny you say that. We had a piece on CBS Channel 2 about, about a month ago, okay? okay? And we got an email from a person in New Jersey that saw us on CBS, and the email basically said, have you ever thought about doing a franchise? I said, absolutely thought about that. That's That's been our long-term vision. So we actually went out to his location. Um, it's actually called Cranford, New Jersey. It's almost very similar to, you know, to Southampton, you know, stores, shops, so forth and so on. So met with him and just kind of just looked at the area, but in nothing that we actually signed any dotted, you know, to the dotted line. But just again, just kind of seeing what the options are out there. So our vision going forward is looking to do a franchise. Okay. So Keith, uh, not going to wrap it up there because you, you open up a whole new can of worms. Uh-oh. Said, franchise. <laughs> franchise thinking is something that people don't think about. Mm-hmm. It comes from good legal advice, knowing that you can franchise the concept. I'm an Allstate agent, which means I'm a franchisee. I work for a franchise. Mm -hmm. And all that a franchise is, is a concept that is first trademark Mm -hmm. that can be done over and over again, no matter where you get your McDonald's burger, if Mm -hmm. you're into that sort of thing, it tastes the same in most places. That's the same thing with the idea of something like this, is to take this experience other places, because I've done a fair amount of traveling, and I've never had this experience. Uh, Bad interviewing on my part, have you ever had this experience prior to openness? Have you ever seen anything as elaborate as what you're doing here? Never, never, never at all. And I've gone to quite a few shops in the past, as well as you have, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. is that you're looking for certain things, but things have been consistently the same so you don't know what else is out there so when you walk into something like this here even when i come here after work sometimes i'm, I'm still in awe you know what we you know what i've done over the last couple of years you know with the team as well so you know no i haven't seen it and, <laughs> so and, and that's a lot it's everything to say that you're in awe yourself because we're our hardest critics on ourselves yes but for you to come in uh i've been here in that five o'clock window when you come in and uh you get right to work I have to. <laughs> Are you a hard person to work for? No, I don't think so at all. You know, <laughs> I have fun with my team. Okay. Know, and I must say that, you know, the barbers, you know, we're like family here. Okay. My front end staff, the four ladies, amazing. Okay. They keep the glue together. Yes. You know, so they challenge me on certain things. I get challenged quite often, which is a good thing. That's a good thing that you're receptive to yeah, being challenged. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's an excellent quality of, of leadership. Um, when our 43rd and 44th president was in office, he put together a panel of adversaries mm-hmm. um, because he wanted people to challenge him, to keep him sharp on his toes. I have an idea. I have an idea. Yes. Let, let's carry the idea out. Exactly. And maybe you hear more than me. You see more people than me. You're hearing more feedback. Give me that idea so we can execute. Exactly. And we have our Zoom meetings. That's the first thing that comes up. You know, what 
is working? Mm-hmm. What's not working? What do we need to work on? Because mm-hmm. they're here from 10 o'clock until 5 o'clock when I get here. Mm-hmm. I'm here from 5 to 7. I'm here for two hours. Right. Okay. So they've seen quite a bit before I've gotten there. So over the days, weeks, and months that have gone by, I lean on them as my advisors, you know, my trusted advisors, to let me know what we need to work on. What can we get better at? You know, what do we need to add or take away? So, you know, again, it's about the whole team. And I call it round-robin coaching. You know, okay. you coach me, I coach them back and forth. So the focus for us is, com- you know, constant communication. Yes. You know, you have to communicate, you know, what's going on. Okay, that's a key thing for us constantly. You have a trademark on round robin coaching? If not, I'm going to take that. Um, I'm going to get it probably tomorrow morning. <laughs> I get up, yeah. <laughs> Keith, this is uh, one more. Uh, it's like the preacher that says, I'm not going to be before you long. It keeps going. That's what I'm doing right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, not only is this a shop, not only have you done things in the community, you've been featured on CBS, but this shop has also been the location of a movie. Yes, Family Business, BET. Yes, this is their second episode this year. Uh, because of COVID, actually, they weren't able to get out to do what they wanted to do. So everything is now being done, you know, on site in California. So, we you know, we're, we've been approached by a couple of the TV shows. Okay, can't mention them just yet. Uh, so our focus, again, is once again doing something that's different, that's, you know, more of a trendsetter for the most part. But, again, bring in the community, make, the, make sure the community is a part of it. So anything that happens in Wine Dance doesn't say in Wine Dance. You know, we want everyone to see what's going on at Wine Dance. So that's our focus. Keith, what would you say to other entrepreneurs? We're here in Wine Dance Village. Uh, you're here. You just got a great neighbor next door in Chase Bank. What would you say to other entrepreneurs that are considering opening a business in Wine Dance or in Wine Dance Village in particular? Bring it. Bring, bring it, it, bring it. I mean, it's it's one of those things when you think about what's happening in Wine Dance as far as this entire Wine Dance Rising project. It's been quite a few years, okay? And the doors are going to start opening very quickly as far as more opportunity. You know, you got the YMCA will be coming in about another year or two, okay? Once once that gets set up shop, things are going to start to change. Uh, but when you look at entrepreneurship, and I look at Brooklyn, I look at Harlem, you know, how things have changed in those areas there, black ownership, black entrepreneurs, or people of color, it's critical for a community like Wine Dance, okay? When you go to Hempstead, you see a lot of stores opening up there as well. Is that, you know, we want more businesses in Wine Dance. Not your corporations. We want real, true, small business owners, okay? And that's a fabric, you know, you know the back, you know, for the, for the country. It's making sure that, you know, small businesses are staying, staying, you know, staying in place. Uh, so my focus is really trying to talk to more people that have a vision or a dream kind of help muster up a little more ideas with them, you know, do a little more research with them to kind of get those businesses over here because it's a great opportunity, tons of foot traffic. You're right by the train station, you know, and it's a win-win for everybody for the most part and giving jobs back to the community as well. You can't beat that with a stick. You can't say it any better. Keith, for those that have watched this that would like to book an appointment with Sir Shave, where can they find you online? What's the process that they need to go through? Well, it's two ways. You can either call the shop, which is 631-213-2078, or www.thesirshave.com. You can book right online as well. Thesirshave.com. Mm-hmm. Book it online. You'll be happy that you came. That's all that I have, Keith. Anything else? Anything that you want to share that I didn't ask you? I want another drink. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Friend. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Keith Banks, Wind Down with Kev. Thank you for tuning in to Wind Down with Kev. You can find Kevin Span, the insurance guru, on Facebook at AKS Insurance, Instagram at Kevin Span underscore insurance guru, and on Twitter at Kevin Span Guru. Have a topic you would like to discuss or a guest you would like to see on the show? Send Kevin an email at Kevin Span at allstate.com.